Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. Welcome back to Mommy's on a Call. Today, I'm bringing on the founder of Factory 45, an online accelerator program that takes sustainable fashion brands from idea to launch. She's also the host of the Clean Living Podcast, a show that helps busy women live more sustainably in the areas of home, food, and beauty. She's also the mama of a little boy, a little three-year-old boy. And so I want to welcome today, Shannon Lore. Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. Thank you for being here. Okay. I want to start off with what is your biggest mom win of the week? Oh my gosh. Pulling off a pandemic birthday, I guess. <laughs> my, son, my son just turned three on Monday. So it, and like, obviously we didn't, well, not obviously, but we did not have a birthday party. We took him to the beach and just celebrated that way. And he got a, a balance bike that is really exciting for him. So it was low key, but still felt like he, it was kind of the first year where he grasped like what a birthday is and being sung to on his birthday and that it's his special day. So it was a win. Oh, that's wonderful. And then tell me a little bit about, to give the audience some context about your family structure, how many kids you have, age, and just what does your, you know, work-life situation look like at the moment? Sure. So I am married to my husband. We have a three-year-old son, just one kid. And we actually, both my husband and I run our own businesses. So we work remotely and you know, have for many, many years. So we split our time in between Boston and California. So we spend six months of the year, the summer in Boston, and then the winter in California in the San Diego area. And so I was going to say, besides balancing locations, you both are Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. So in your relationship and managing a three-year-old, where do you find the time to get your work done? What does your kind of day-to-day look like? Do you have, you know, childcare help? Like how do you structure your days between you and your husband and child? Yes, we basically have to get all of our work done in between 8.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. because that's when my son is in school at daycare that, that are open right now. But that is really like work time. And then when he's home in the morning and when he's home in the afternoon, like it's pretty much we close our computers. We don't really look at our phones. We're kind of just with him. And we'll sometimes switch off you know, like my, my husband will take my son in the morning and I'll take him in the afternoon for an hour, but it's a lot. We, we really do, I think like emphasize family time and it is easier for us because we only have one child. I imagine it would be different if we had two or three children, but for right now, that's what it looks like. And how does he like, as I say, you know, splitting time between the West coast and East coast, how does he handle that change? I know for like young kids, they like the routines and things. How does he like living in two different places? 
Yeah, I think that's one of like, when we talk about like parent judgment and like parent shaming, that is a big one that I've had to get over because people will ask that like not as nicely as you just did. And it's kind of, someone just asked me that the other day. They're like, how is he doing? Like, especially time changes, like time zones, all that. He... I don't know, maybe he'll have like long-term effects when he's 16 and he has like no home, feels like he has no like grounding or, or home base. We'll be like, ooh, shouldn't have done that when you were little. But for right now, he seems to be adapting really well. He he makes friends with kids, at least at this age, like easily. He went into the school in California that he's in last week and really it was not an issue. He went right into the classroom, no problems. Like he just seems pretty unfazed. One thing that's helpful for us slash not helpful at all is that he doesn't nap anymore. So he stopped (laughs) napping about a year ago, like when he was two. And I don't think it had anything. He's never needed as much sleep, but he'll sleep like 12 hours a night. He just doesn't nap. So that's helpful. I think if if he was napping and we had to adjust his nap time like every six months and then there's like daylight savings thrown in there, it would be different. But I think it's kind of good. It gives him the opportunity to make friends in different places. It also makes him a little bit more flexible and kind of more, I mean, you know, they say like, it's great for kids to travel and things. And so I think it gives him different perspectives and different environments. So yeah. And we were like, kind of crazy too. Like we took him to South Africa when he was two months old. Like we, we went, we took him to Croatia when he was eight months old. Like we've never traveling is a huge part of our life. And we knew that we would try to get our kid to adapt to that. And obviously, you know, you can't force the kid to do anything, but we've been lucky that like, he seems to really adjust well to different circumstances. And as you said, like, it's just kind of flexible. Like he, he's good with people and seems to be, you know, normal. How are you then adjusting? You said you love to travel with Mm -hmm. all of this in the last year. How are you guys doing (laughs) as parents? Like, crazy. I think I just plan. This is, this is actually true. I just like plan trips knowing they're going to get canceled. (laughs) We did that too. I, we booked, I think Hawaii probably three times. And I was like, you know, we're going to cancel this anyway, but it gives me something to hopefully look look forward forward to. to. It's so sad. But now I think I gave up because I don't like listening uh, or waiting on hold anymore, but I know. (laughs) Or like, am I going to get these points? Yes. I digress. So I want to dive into clean living because I know you run a company based on sustainable fashion and all of that, which is super interesting. But I think for the moms out there, clean living is kind of this new buzzword and this new hot topic. I mean, the Honest Company brought it to light years and years ago. And slowly over time, I think moms are more hyper aware of the products, the chemicals and all of that, that they're putting on themselves, putting on their children, putting in their environment, et cetera. And I know for me, I started listening to your podcast, which is the clean living podcast for those who want to go check it out. They're really quick, easy to digest episodes, which I love because I think I listened to, I binge listened 10 at once because it was super fast and easy, but I'm not going to lie as a hypochondriac. I was a little bit like, whoa, 
everything's going to kill me. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want you to kind of dive into maybe what are the top three ingredients or things we should be looking at in products or out there that are the most harmful so that, you know, I can't eliminate everything in my house and we all have to live in moderation. What do you think are the top three chemicals that we should be aware about and kind of what are their implications of using them? Yeah. So it is very overwhelming at first. That is why I also like tried to create a podcast with short, like 10 minute episodes, because I know how overwhelming this is. And uh, I have been learning about this stuff over the course of like five years, not like five minutes, you know, or five hours. So that's, that's sort of the format. I would say the top three things First, BPA. So anything that's plastic, like if you are still putting your kids hot lunch into a plastic container, I would encourage you to switch to glass. BPA is something that releases into our food, like seeps into our food. And it's, there's like a whole slew of issues with BPA. That's why you see like cans and they'll say on the outside, like non BPA lining or whatever. So BPA is one. Another you have any called- favorite products, any favorite like kid to stuff that is BPA free that you use for eating or. Yeah. Like anything glass, like um, Pyrex, oh, the OXO brand really it, it, mason jars. I use mason jars like for everything. If I batch cook something, then I'll just put it all into a mason jar to store it. So just you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. It's just try to stay away from plastic storage. The second one is glyphosate. So this is a chemical most commonly known as Roundup. It's sprayed in our grass and weeds. Like it's a weed killer, pesticide, herbicide that's sprayed on the crops, the produce that we eat. So anytime that you are buying food and it's not organic, then it likely has glyphosate or Roundup on it. And so There is one episode I did called Organic Food, and it talks about, you know, you don't have to switch to an entirely organic refrigerator. I understand that organic food is more expensive than conventional produce. So I have a list of what's called the Dirty Dozen and then the Clean 15, and you can start there. You can just start by the Dirty Dozen. Okay, if I buy anything on that list, then I'm going to buy it organic. And then the Clean 15 is okay to buy conventional. And then the third would be, I actually had a quick question on that. Are there any good, like not soaps or like cleaners that you can use for even the clean 15? Like if you do have to buy non-organic, are there any good like fruit, veggie sprays or cleaners that you would suggest? Or do you think those have chemicals too that aren't good? No, it's so funny you asked that because I just, so my friend runs the clean beauty box. She's all into clean beauty and she's actually in the San Diego area too. And I just recently texted her about that. Like, do you use anything? Cause I don't, I honestly don't know. I haven't gotten into it because I, I'm just like, Ooh, are we going to like put something else on our food? You know, like it's, I, I'm just right now, like really scrub with warm water. I will say like, there are like ranch basics is a cleaning, just basically a concentrate that you add water to. I would maybe if someone's wondering about this, look on their blog and see if they have any tips because they might have like a spray, but I don't use one that I can recommend. And then the third ingredient. Oh, the third would be, well, it's I could, it's like between like formaldehyde and like triclosan. Why don't uh, we do both then? <laughs> well, triclosan is a chemical that is banned in a lot of the U.S. products, but not everything. Like it can still be found in hand soap. 
hand sanitizer. I think it can be still found in toothpaste deodorant, but then it's banned in like other ways. So, which is crazy, right? Like we think of like, oh, the government, like the FDA, they like regulate everything and they're going to protect us and they're not going to let harmful ingredients into our cosmetics, our cleaning supplies, our foods, but they're, they're still there. And the thing that I get some pushback on sometimes like, well, it's only a trace amount. It's just the tiniest bit, like with aluminum in deodorant. Oh, it's just a tiny bit of aluminum in deodorant. But you're, most people wear deodorant every single day. So it's like, okay, it's a trace amount, but you're putting it on every day. So it's no longer a trace amount. And that's sort of how I feel about a lot of the chemicals that are like FDA approved, but they're not considering the long-term exposure. I wanted to thank you, by the way, because I switched to native deodorant because of your deodorant episode. I actually have been using Secret since I was probably, I don't know, 14, 16 years old. Every format that it came in, I've been using. And so just recently is when I finally switched. So thank you for that. I like native, still adjusting my body, but (laughs) it's good. Oh, yeah. So that is, that is, I'm glad you said that because anyone who like goes and listens to the deodorant episode and you feel also compelled to switch, like do give your body time to adjust. (laughs) I was like, Oh, I don't know. Is this working? And then like, I'm getting like, I'm breaking out a little. And so I think my body's just like, what is this? And it's just adjusting to that. It's And detoxing. Yeah. Yeah. And then to formaldehyde. Oh yeah. And then formaldehyde, which is like formaldehyde resin is in like everything. (laughs) I mean, it's in nail polish. It's in like, it's in any sort of like, we have flame retardants like that are sprayed on furniture or uh, kids pajamas or like conventional mattresses, formaldehyde's in a lot of stuff. So that would be one, which again, like the, the hard part is when I say these things and I'm thinking this as I'm saying it, I'm like, well, I'm saying all these things, but they're not even going to be on ingredient labels. Right. So that's, that's sort of the like kid pajamas. You just said, I'm like, wait, I'm putting formaldehyde on my child. Yeah. I mean, formaldehyde's in like, a, like all of our clothes, pretty much that any, anytime, if you've ever walked into a like department store, like Macy's or department store, you go in, I don't know if you've ever noticed, like there's a very distinct smell and it can, that like, it's like kind of a pickling smell that is formaldehyde that has been sprayed on our clothes, like to, for them to not be mildew resistant or like pest resistant in the shipping from, let's say like if they're made in China over to the United States. Wow. (laughs) And then, okay. So we got those ingredient lists. Are there any ingredients that are found in say our like skincare hair products that we should be looking out for? Yes. But again, they're just not going to like, let's say one thing we can look at is shampoo. If you can look for a shampoo that says sulfate free or paraben free, like you want to look start. I would say that's where I would start is with makeup, like hair care, any beauty product, start to look for sulfate free and paraben free. And that's not an end all like oh, it's clean and I can just go about my day, but it's just a starting point to not be overwhelmed. And then if you want to kind of get more details, I would say like, go look and listen to the shampoo episode, go listen to the mascara episode, and you'll start to hear like more words and things to look, look for. 
It's really hard because the FDA doesn't regulate a lot of the clean beauty products and a lot of the supplements and a lot of the things that are quote clean. I feel like it's kind of a blanket term. Now it's become a trend that everyone's putting out clean beauty, clean products, but not knowing because they're not regulated, you know, are they really clean? Are they really good for you? Do you have any sources you go to, to look that up to see like, is this product good? Yes. I'm so glad you asked that. So Skin Deep from the EWG, the Environmental Working Group. Skin Deep is an app that you can just download. I take it to the grocery store. It has a like a QR scanner and you can just put it up to the barcode of any product in the grocery store and it will tell you the rating. Okay, I'll so, have to put that in the show notes. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And then Think Dirty is another app where you can search. It's mainly beauty and like, yeah, beauty products. I think they have some, like they'll have sunscreen on there and stuff, but you can search like any, you know, I've had friends who have been listening to the podcast and they're like, Shannon, I just went around my entire house and searched every single product in my home on this app to see I'm like, oh God, I have to revamp everything. But don't, you know, don't feel like you have to overhaul everything. I think it's just becoming aware and then figuring out what the things are that are important to you or what you could do is like, look up the ratings of the products in your home. And then like, let's say the tens, the one that are red and like the worst start there, replace those first. And then you can like wait and do the yellows in like a few months. And then the ones that are green, like keep using those. So think dirty, skin deep, EWG. Love that. And I laughed because about three months ago, I had Tide Pods, Pantene Pro-V, like secret deodorant, Clorox bleach. I mm-hmm. literally was like the worst person in terms of clean. No, you're so, not the worst. So if someone is like me, what do you think is the top three items or household items, skincare products, whatever that might be that you can find in your house that you should probably look at and get rid of today? It depends on like, let's say you are a single person and you don't have any kids. It's going to, that my answer would be different for someone who is like trying to get pregnant and has had fertility problems. It's going to be different for like the mom who has kids. But I think let's say just like for us as women, I would start like deodorant. I really would start with that. I would start with shampoo, really anything that like you're putting on your body every day, skin, like any sort of makeup or skincare lotions, like that you're rubbing into your skin. Like the skin is so it absorbs everything for like, let's say for kids, if you live in a sunny area, like switching out the sunscreen, which I actually haven't done a sunscreen episode yet, but that's a, that's a big one cleaning supplies. That's huge. Like, again, if you have a family, the, just the VOCs that are released from like Clorox bleach, like, and just conventional Windex, conventional cleaning supplies, I would say, try to switch over to clean cleaners. Branch basics is my favorite one. Where can you buy those? Branch basics is online. I think I have like a discount code too on the clean living podcast website. If you go to cleaning supplies is the name of the episode. I have a discount code there. Okay. But not Amazon or Target or. You can get clean, like (laughs) clean cleaning supplies (laughs) Target now. And I have a list, like I have a list of ones you can get at like Whole Foods or more mainstream. I try not to recommend Amazon because I don't like to support them, but yes, a lot of them you could get on Amazon. 
Perfect. Wow. That was extremely informative. Thank you. So let's switch over to kind of what your role is as an entrepreneur right now. Tell us a little bit about what your pre-mom life looked like with your company, because I believe you started Factory 45 before you became a mom and kind of what it looks like now and why you started it. Yeah. So I started my company four years before I became a mom, which was very helpful <laughs> for any anyone starting a business as a mother. I applaud you. It is not easy. But basically, I started my company because I started a sustainable fashion company back in 2010. It took my co-founder and I a year to get off the ground. Like It was just so hard to set up a supply chain and do it in a way that was sustainable and with ethical manufacturing right here in the US. And actually, can you define what that means? Like, What is sustainable ethical fashion? Because I think those are also buzzwords that we hear. We think we're buying something, but maybe it's not right. I know like I've seen a lot of like op-eds on like the uncovering of certain brands that aren't really. So what is really the definition of a sustainable? ethical brand? So sustainability and ethics are two different things. They usually, the sustainability piece usually relates back to like fabric and materials being used, packaging, end life, really like, are you using recycled materials? Are you using natural organic fibers? Those are like two of the main sustainable fabrics and materials when you, when you think about sustainable fashion. Ethical fashion relates more to the manufacturing. So have you been to your factory? Do they, you know that the sewers are paid a fair and living wage? Is it a clean working environment? Do they have safe exits? Because the fact of the matter is that is not the norm for the fashion industry, for the garment manufacturing industry. We, you know, hear every once in a while about these major disasters, the Rana Plaza factory collapse in Bangladesh that happened several years ago, protests in Cambodia by garment workers. There is, there are a lot of human rights issues that are associated with the mainstream clothing brands that we wear. So those are the two sort of like foundations of ethical and sustainable fashion. So back to, sorry, your story. Yes. So basically at the time, I didn't know anything about sustainable fashion. I was a journalism major. Like I was a fast fashion bargain bin junkie. Like I would go to Forever 21 in college, grab a dress for 10 bucks, wear it once, throw it in the back of my closet. Like that was definitely my MO. (laughs) And then I started to realize, oh my gosh, like all these things that are associated with the fashion industry, I can't be a part of this. And so we committed to, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it in a way that it doesn't harm people and planet or has the least impact on the planet as possible. So we ended up having just this amazing launch. We quadrupled our first production run in pre-orders. We were featured in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. It was just like this amazing first experience on in entrepreneurship. But what I realized was I didn't set out to be a fashion designer. Like I didn't set out to be selling products necessarily. It was a great learning experience, but now I had all of these skills and connections and knowledge that I didn't have before. And I, I thought, you know, why is it so hard to create a clothing brand that is sustainably and ethically made? Like that shouldn't, that should just be like, oh yeah, if you want to start a clothing brand, let's start from the, from the foundation, start with a good, inherently good business model. So that led me into starting factory 45, which helps entrepreneurs start clothing companies from the ground up that are sustainably and ethically made. 
And what happened to your clothing company? So I sold my portion to my business partner back around 20, at the end of 2012. And then she ran it for a few years and then she sold it to someone else. Okay. And Mm -hmm. so at least you didn't have that when you had your son, but you Mm -hmm. did have your current company. And so that seems like it's a little bit more flexible to be able to quote balance both. Yeah. My, I think I just had like foundational goals that didn't necessarily consider having a kid. Like I knew that was probably in my future, but at the time I had just started dating my husband, like that was kind of far off. What I knew I wanted was freedom of time and location. I wanted to be able to live wherever I wanted and to be able to make my own schedule and, and have, have time freedom. I love that. Design your business. So, Mm -hmm. or design, yeah, design your business to live the life that you want. So talking about kind of clothing and things, are there any awesome brands out there that you absolutely love for say moms or, I mean, I'm not a 20 year old Gen Z. And Mm -hmm. I know that is one of the big hot markets out there is like Gen Z is all about sustainability, but say for, you know, the mom like me, who my whole life I've shopped at Nordstrom, but like found things at J crew and like Madewell and target. Mm -hmm. Like I love target. And so I probably am not shopping sustainably. What are some great brands, websites? And now since everything, we want to just buy online and get it shipped to us because we don't have time to go to the stores or coronavirus doesn't allow us to. What are some places that we can start looking? Yeah. So my answer again, it's going to be a little different depending on budget. So let's say you go to the website of a, a sustainable fashion brand and you're like, Oh my gosh, there's no way I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on a t-shirt or like a blouse, you know, or $200 on a dress, which I've definitely seen. Yes. Oh, totally. And there's a reason for that. You know, like it's because the, the materials cost more, you're the labor, the labor you're paying for, you know, workers to get paid a fair and living wage. So there is fundamental reasons for that. But I understand that that's just not in everyone's budget. So where I would honestly start, and I've been doing this a lot more too, is Poshmark. Like ah. it's amazing because what you can do is search by Nordstrom, J Crew, Target. Like you can search the companies that you already shop from, but you're buying them secondhand. So that is the most sustainable you can get. That's really like if you want to have an impact, buy used clothing. The so brand- can I make an impact by the fact that I sell all my stuff to thread up? I literally ship them giant bags like every two months when I clean out my closet. So at least I'm part of the cycle. I haven't purchased, yes. but I have donated yes. a lot. Anything they can't sell, they will recycle, which okay. is huge. So don't, so anyone who's listening, don't ever, ever throw your clothes in the trash or take them to the dump. Like every garment can be recycled it can, it's going to probably be made into like upholstery or like a car mat or like batting. So it can, it it, don't throw it out. And then even like, I'm talking like underwear, like do not throw it out. It can be recycled. So some of the brands that I love, if you are interested in more sustainable fashion brands, one brand is Veta. They launched through factory 45. Are they the ones that are the box of like a whole kit? Like you can get, I thought I saw, I think, is it Veta or so it's five garments? Yes. Up 30 days. Yeah. 
My friend just sent me that. I would love, I'm going to have to look that up again. And she just bought a kit with the cutest clothes in it. And I love it because they're staples. They're things that you can mix and match and use. So instead of having 15 different outfits, you can use those to make it. Yeah. And they're like convertible. You can wear them different ways. And all like Kara is the founder and she's just like, so conscious and aware of all the materials that they use a family run factory. Like she's just really, really like zoned in on the supply chain. So you can feel really good about that. Nisolo is another one for like a footwear brand that I really like. Rothy's. Oh, I love Rothy's. I definitely own four pairs of those, (laughs) but they are expensive. And so it's like, but I love the concept of the plastic reusing those plastic water bottles. What about kids brands? Cause those, I feel like I go through so fast is like kids grow so often that I'm like changing out their clothes and it's actually hard to find a lot of secondhand kids clothes. So Kidizen is the one that I use. It is an app that I don't think I've ever bought a new pair. Like I've very rarely buy something new for my son (laughs) for better. Sorry. Sorry, Emmett. So Kidizen is a app where you can just buy secondhand clothing for your kids. And it's amazing because you can find, I get like shoes on there. It's basically moms who are selling pretty clean, like things that haven't been worn very often because like you said, their kid grew out of it before they could wear it. So you can find a lot of really good secondhand clothing on Kidizen. Oh, cool. So with your company right now, you're helping these women, or not women, you're helping people get into the sustainable fashion industry. Where do you kind of see the industry going? Like as you see these people coming through and you kind of see the trends, what direction do you see the overall industry going right now? Well, I see, I mean, from a trends perspective, it's like a lot of elevated loungewear right now. Like, so that's like, you know, more specific, but really the silver lining of the pandemic is that the fast fashion industry, these giant retailers like H&M and Forever 21 and Zara, they were left with retail stores just sitting with inventory. And it was really a wake up call and sort of like a moment of reckoning for the massive amount of waste that these fast fashion brands produce. You know, they've gotten us into the cycle as consumers that there are 52 trends a year. We, we're faced with new trends every week. And it's this cycle of trying to make us feel out of fashion and out of trends so that we go and buy more. And so they are going to have to overhaul their entire system. I think there is going to be a focus on localization because we saw like factories, the factories they're working with in Vietnam, Bangladesh, China, you know, are shut down and to be able to sort of do small batch or pre-sell or to not create so much inventory when you don't know you're going to be able to sell it. And then it just goes into waste. There are stories you'll see, you know, in the news of bags of H&M clothing being found next to a dumpster slashed through so that people can't get it out of the trash and wear it. So it's just like going into landfills. And so if there, yeah, if there is anything good about everything we've all been through, it's that there are certain industries that are being called out now and are going to have to change. 
when you were saying like, don't throw the, you know, even your underwear in the trash, but because they can be recycled, where can we do that? Like where should H&M have donated their clothes or where can we, like, if we can't sell them or, you know, we don't have those resources, do we give them to Goodwill or do they just throw them in the dumpster? Like where should, how should we recycle? Yes. So you can take them directly to a textile recycler if you want. Like there are often you'll see kind of like those planet aid bins, but there are ones like those that are for recycling. And then it depends on where you live, obviously, but worst case scenario, it's not the worst case, but like take it to Goodwill and they will, they will recycle them. They have a whole amazing system for textile recycling and they want they want your dirty underwear or whatever. Like, you know, like I, I do always feel so bad for the people who have to sort it, but they don't want that stuff going to landfills because they can recycle them. Oh, that's good to know. Because I know when I was even donating toys, they told me that if the toy wasn't new, they just throw it away. And I wasn't sure what throw it away meant. And so the thought of all of this like plastic toys that we have in our house being Mm -hmm. thrown into landfills kind of made me not feel good. But then I had no idea also what to do with it. So I I don't know if they recycle it or. I can't speak to the toys. I, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if that is what happens, but I know with the clothing, that is definitely not what happens. They will recycle it. Wow. Thank you. All of this information was so eye-opening. I really I appreciate like I like it. All over the place. Like, don't no. Do <laughs> no, it's good. Like, I'm just, you know, it, it's hard to find all of this. And so I love that, like your podcast gave all of these quick tips because I was able to go to an episode and learn more about like toothpaste. And learn all about just bleach or learn all about all these different things. And so, yes, it's a little scary, but also if you're not informed or you're not aware, then, you know, you're just walking blind. And so Mm -hmm. if you want to make an impact or change your own health, that's super informative. So thank you for sharing that. So on a mommy note, I wanted to ask one of my final questions is what is a mom superpower that you gained in life once you became a mom that helps you be either better in business, better in life, better in whatever capacity. So something that you gained once you became a mom. Patience. I was so impatient before I had my son. And now I'm like, who is this woman? Like I, you can just be having like the most massive tantrum about nonsense, but it's a big deal to him. And I'm, and for some way I'm able to find it within me to be very calm and very patient. And that was just not who I was before. I was like the most impatient would get triggered over like anything and just blow it up. I think that goes into like perspective too. I just care less about certain things because like, it just doesn't matter in the long run. And so I, I love, I don't know if you know this podcast, but the unruffled podcast, Janet Lansbury, her whole thing is just like, I'm just unruffled. (laughs) I love that. I wish I could just be so calm about things. So some things I am, but But then three kids. I only have to be patient with one kid. (laughs) (laughs) I was an only child, so I kind of get it from a weird perspective. But when my parents come over and they're like, "It's chaos at your house," I'm like, "You had one person, and you had a girl who's like Mm -hmm. calm. Like you have one boy. Boys are a lot more energy. I mean, I know there are girls with a lot of energy. I happen to be." not as crazy. So, but yeah, it's, I learning patience and learning to like put on earmuffs and be like, la 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 la, I don't hear you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you have to. And I think in the good in the long run, it's good for them, you know, especially like only children, you know, for him, he has like all the attention on him all the time. Yeah. So you have to sort of kind of just be like, yeah, unruffled by it all. Do you have any <laughs> plans for a number two? Or we, So it's funny because we were one and done. Like before we had Emmett, we were one and done. And then after we had him, we were like, that affirms it. We're only having one. And then just recently we're like, Hmm, maybe let's start this. We'll just have the discussion, but hopefully my mom's not listen, won't listen to this podcast because I don't want her to know. <laughs> do they want, are you, do you have many siblings or your I husband? A, I have okay. a sister and, and my husband has a brother and we, my sister and I are close now, but it, two sisters can be competitive and tough and two brothers close in age can be competitive and a little tough. And that's sort of what our sibling relationships were like. So that kind of made us like, oh, we'll just only have one. We don't want to deal with the fighting. But now, you know, four years apart, I don't know. Who knows? It, it works. Mine was three. And no, I'm sorry. Mine was turning five when I had my third. So they are basically five years apart. And then, but the other two are within 19 months. So that was, that was close, but it works. It's, you know, what's great is he'll be way more helpful. So he will understand things and he will be able to, you know, mommy needs a diaper. Can you go grab it for me or grab the passy? It's in there a lot more helpful. And he like loves helping now. So I'm like, oh, imagine if like I needed his help. Yeah. So, I mean, don't, don't take it off the, off the table there. Oh, man. Anyway. Well, thank you for joining today. Where can we find you online? I, my website is factory45.co. If you're interested in sustainable fashion or starting your own sustainable fashion brand, my podcast website is cleanlivingpodcast.com. And then I'm on Instagram at both factory45co and cleanlivingpodcast. Well, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. This was fun. It was nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time.